Welcome to the 35th episode of Cutting Edge. I'm Landon Sturdivant, and for those of you who've been tuning in day in and day out, your support means so much, and hopefully these episodes continue to be engaging, enjoyable, and valuable to you. Any feedback, insights, commentary, or suggestions for future episodes that you may have are greatly appreciated. Today, joining me from Columbia, South Carolina, is Nicholas Mick. He only started making music in late 2019 and releasing on Spotify in 2021, but has already accumulated hundreds of thousands of streams and almost 28,000 monthly listeners and counting with songs like Double Crossed, Worth Fighting For, and TOGAF. Most impressively, he's doing this all independently at just 18 years old. Without any further ado, please welcome our guest today, Nicholas Mick. How's it going, man? It's good, man. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to do this. Um, Thank you for having me. Of course. So from what I uh, saw from your Spotify bio, you grew up in Maryland, Virginia, South, and then you're now in South Carolina. Uh, so why, why did you move all around? Like, and then what were the kind of the experiences you got in each of those states? Yeah. Okay. So I was born in La Plata, Maryland, which is like the, I don't, I don't even know. I don't really remember it, to be honest. From what I know, it's like a small town. And then when I was three months old, my parents moved down to, uh, Columbia, South Carolina. And in Columbia, South Carolina, that's where like my my mom's family is. So um, I do remember some of those times uh, we were in this apartment and uh, there was a lot of good times. But um, my my parents wanted like a better opportunity for me to go to school and all that. So we moved to Fairfax, Virginia, which is like 20 minutes away from D.C. And I grew up there for 15 years. And as far as like growing up there, I'd say it's a really solid place to grow up. I had a lot of good friends and um, like the schools are great. So I got a good education. Not that I really tried, but I definitely (laughs) I definitely relate to that. Yeah, I definitely got good education there. And then basically like two and a half years ago, uh, my parents got divorced. They split up. My dad stayed in Fairfax um, and then me and my mom and my sister moved in with my grandma um so that's where i really found music um yeah i've only been making music for like two years uh found music there and ever since i've just been grinding but um then we moved into an apartment with just me my mom and my sister so uh that's where i'm at right now in columbia south carolina still that's awesome um and you said you grew up there for 15 years so you probably moved around like 16 ish moved yeah i was a i was a i was going into my sophomore year um, and I found music like right before I moved. So probably like April of that year is when I started like fucking around in audacity. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, me and my friends were always like making making like troll songs, you know, the meme rap. I feel like that's how everybody <laughs> starts. Um, but I was always like not on the mic. I would always like try to engineer an audacity like I was always good with computers. But then when I moved, like I, I didn't really start. I knew I loved music, but I didn't really start it when I was in Fairfax, because I felt like a lot of people would make fun of me, mm. um, especially because like I was this I played baseball in high school. And um, yeah, I felt like a lot of people would make fun of me. And I was scared of that because I, I was so young. I guess I didn't realize. Um, but yeah, I started when I moved to South Carolina. So you were kind of in like that that athlete identity early in high school and you were just kind of like, I don't you know, you don't want to stray from that or people are going to clown you for it. Kind yeah, of because. I got clowned a lot uh, my freshman year because I used to stream Fortnite and um, I had like 5k subs and like kids from my school found out about that. So um, yeah, I I got made fun of a lot. So I didn't want to like start something else to get made fun of because 
I, I don't yeah. know. I, di- I didn't really like how people, I think they were just jealous because I was trying to do something with my life and they were all like stuck in this state of mind. Like, you know, they're freshmen in high school, so they don't know any better. Yeah. That's, that's the thing like that. that and that's kind of my big, like, kind of gripe with high school is that literally that's all it is is fre- is like freshmen sophomore even juniors and seniors they're, they're just anybody who's making fun of somebody for trying to do something it's just because they're insecure and they feel threatened by somebody who's you know trying to excel in their life in something that they're passionate about and that's what's crazy exactly i knew i didn't want a nine-to-five job going out of high school i knew i wanted to try to be something because like the people that i looked up to growing up there like i used to be in the gaming community a lot i used to play call of duty so i was looking up to like the phase guys and i saw what they were doing as teenagers mm-hmm. and they were all like 18 years old they moved out to new york in that house i don't know if you're familiar with with like how phase started but um i was with them for their whole come up i was watching all their youtubes and like they really made a, a name for themselves at a young age and that's something that i wanted to do and i didn't know how to do it I thought it was Fortnite, but then I found music and I was like, yeah, this is really me. But gaming was like your initial passion. When did you kind of pick up on that? Yeah, so I started gaming. Oh, I've been gaming since I was like a little kid. Uh, my first console was an Xbox 360. No, it was probably a Wii. I used to play like baseball oh, games yeah. <laughs> on that. Like I used to play the Little League World Series game. And then, yeah, so <laughs> then when I was like nine, I found Call of Duty and I would be in Call of Duty lobbies just like, I don't know. I was having fun, but I was getting called a squeaker. I was in the lobbies and free for all. And like, I would always get called a squeaker, but there was this one time. It's actually really funny. Um, I was playing free for all on black ops two. And I was like singing a song and some random kid in the lobby is like, bro, you kind of got a good voice. So yeah, (laughs) there's a, there's videos of me and my friends on call of duty. uh, Cause after that, like after I started playing for a little bit, um, I got into the trick shotting community because I was like I said, I was so into phase. So I got into the trick shotting community and I started like leading these Call of Duty teams at like nine years old. That's crazy. And me and my friends would just like post on YouTube, like we make montages and stuff. And um, there's actually a video on the Internet uh, of me like singing uh, radioactive and like <laughs> in like a lobby while we're trick shotting. That's still on like YouTube nine years somewhere. old. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I was like 11 at this time, but yeah. That's still um, wild. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So then Fortnite came out. I stopped Call of Duty when I was in like sixth grade. And then Fortnite came out when I was in like eighth. And then I really just, I loved the game. So I started getting really good at that. Um, Started playing competitive. And yeah, I was known as like the best Fortnite player in my school. That's, that's wild. And you had the 5K sub. So you were going up. Yeah, yeah. And then you said you you found music. So like, what exactly do you mean by you found music? How did it come about? Like, what inspired you? Um, so my mom was actually in a band when I was like before I was born. She was always a singer in a band. And she always tells me these stories about how she she sang on flights and she had this band. But she had kids at 17. So she was really young <coughs> and had to stop pursuing that dream. So I always knew I had music in my blood. Like my dad played the drums. And we would always listen to like music all the time. We were listening to like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Green Day, Linkin Park. Linkin Park is one of my favorite bands. Um, so we were, we were listening to all that growing up. And I'd say I really found music when I moved because um, I was just in like this depressed state of mind. Like I was so sad because I had left all my friends that I had grown up with. I wasn't sure if I was really going to have a, 
a solid friend group moving to South Carolina. Um, and shit was just really different. So I started just like fucking around because um, originally my channel got hacked when I moved. I don't know how, but my channel got hacked and I didn't have anything. I was trying to get it back. I couldn't get it back. So I was like, I got to find something else to do to, uh, you know, do something with my time because it was summer. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, just, I was in audacity. And um, I think what really inspired me to make music was Lil Peep and Juice World. I was making a lot of that type of shit when I first started making music because I was so sad and I was just trying to make shit that that I could use. It's like, it, it was like therapy. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with it. So that was kind of like the big reason that it spurred like commercially releasing music because you were, it was just kind of a therapeutic thing in a really hard time. Yeah. So at first I started releasing music through SoundCloud. Um, and like immediately I dropped like one song. It did like 2K plays. And then I wow. dropped another, another one like the second, like two weeks later, it did like 10K. And then I dropped a third one. And next thing I know, it has 100K. Holy crap. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and the way that I was really marketing all of that is I was just going into SoundCloud comments and self-promoting. And back oh, then, wow. like the SoundCloud algorithm was like really strong because that was when like the shit that I was making was really popping. So like the emo rap mm-hmm. in that era was really popping. So like my shit just hit the algorithm and it just went. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Did you did you have any like I guess because you just moved to South Carolina, you didn't know a ton of people, but did you have any kind of like peer response to it at school or anything? Did was there any doubts? Like how did and how'd you overcome that if there were? So when I started school in South Carolina, uh I was playing baseball. So I had a bunch of kids around me. And originally they they immediately hated me for some reason. I don't know why, but I was just hated. <laughs> but I found a couple a couple of friends. Shout out Furman. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was really the first one that I like became close with playing baseball. He was on my baseball team. And um, I think he followed me on Instagram and I posted something on Instagram about it. Um, and he like found my music and he just immediately was like, bro, this is so far. We got to show people. And I didn't want to show nobody. So he respected me and he didn't show anybody, but he would like you know, blasting his car on the way home when we were riding home from baseball because he would always take me home. And um, yeah, me and him became really close. And he was he was one of the people that that helped me um, get less insecure about it. Also, like I would send some of my music to like my really close friends in uh, Virginia. Um, Shout out, Andrew. Um, He's he's really the reason why I kept going, because I I didn't think it would do anything. And he's like, there's something here. There's potential. You need to keep working at it no matter what. Wow. That's really cool. And sometimes that's all you need is just like those select couple of people just to just believe in you always. And yeah, dude, that's exactly. crazy. Shout out, shout out your boys, man. That's, that's really special, especially moving into a new community like that. Like, and, and in the hard times you were in. Yeah. Like, like I bet, I bet Furman probably to this day has no idea the impact that made on you and you know, the effect that's had on your life. I don't think he does because um, I there was a COVID hit and we kind of stopped talking. And yeah, I don't. And that's really when I went harder with music and I really started taking it really, really serious. And um, we stopped talking. Um, But yeah, I don't think he has any clue how much of an impact he made 
Shout out Furman, man, if you're listening. So you said in quarantine you were grinding, like because I mean obviously you've got significantly less to do. <laughs> yeah, you use so that time to really leverage that. When COVID hit, I didn't have any baseball anymore, so I was really just at home again. It was like summer, so I was grinding, and I had met uh, somebody in the music industry. His name is Luke. He was my first manager, and basically he introduced me to this guy named Boybin, and Boybin is the main producer that I still work with to this day and he's from Sweden and we were just like hanging out over discord and we were we were having a good time making music and he was really like the first one that introduced me to FL Studio that's when I switched over to FL Studio from Audacity um and we were just making like really good music together um and then like as time went by and I was just making more music I uh, submitted my my music to the internet money stream Oh, really? Yeah. So although Sidepiece, who was the person that was running the Internet Money Stream, didn't really like my music, there were so many people that could hear my music right there. And and I got really lucky because this this guy named Young Fazo, you know who Young Fazo is? I've I've heard that name. So Young Fazo now he's in like the underground scene with like baby. He's like one of the top people. He has 100K followers now. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I bet a lot of people know who he is. He's uh he was on antisocial too. Um, okay. But yeah, so he he had like three k followers at the time, and he hit me up, and he introduced me to all of his friends in New York, and um we were just in Discord like this Discord server for like so long, um every day, and we were just making music, getting better, and he introduced me to like this whole. So I was in like this emo rap scene before. And he really introduced me to like what was coming up as like the underground genre, as we know today. Yeah. So it's like Sofago. Um, this is before Yeet. So it was like Sofago, SSG, Kobe. And then you have all these kids underneath that are like, like Fago and Kobe are like their idols. And he introduced me, Fazo introduced me to Baby Santana, uh, Chulo, and Slump Success. That's crazy. Before they were, before they were big. And you met yeah, him? yeah, that's, that's wild. And uh, basically what had happened is we all became really close and we started this discord server um, and they were charging kids to get in like all these kids because they were going up too. So like at this time, Fazo was probably at like 7K followers. Chulo had like 5K. It was a really small scene at the time and uh, made this discord server of all these people that like really liked these kids music and they started charging them like $20 to get into the server. And through there, I met a lot of people, actually a lot of people that paid for that server now are like really, really big. So lossy was one of them. Um, oh, wow. Lossy was one of the kids that paid to get in there. I'm still really close with lossy and Prentice was one of the kids that paid to get in there. Um, oh my goodness. You know who Prentice is? Yeah, no, I know who like, both of those kids are yeah yeah and and keep in mind like none of these kids had went up and none of them had egos at the time so we were just like on discord like fucking around um on omegle like just talking all day and there was nothing else to do because it was covid so um yeah and then summer hits and i go back to my hometown in virginia and i was kind of there for like three months i wasn't really on discord and these kids are still talking every day and they get even closer. And um, yeah, I was just still working with Boybin. 
Um, and my shit was just going up gradually. I'd say I hit like after that hundred K on that song, it kind of went downhill from there. Cause it was like a really high peak that I couldn't, um, follow up right away. Cause it was all algorithmic. So right. I was, I was just trying to get better making music and, um, shoot. I mean, then I get back from my summer trip, which was like, ended up being like two months. Um, I wasn't really making a ton of music, but I worked on this EP while I was there called Flexing Heartbreaks. It's on SoundCloud. And um, I had a I had a couple cool songs on there and I was still getting better. Um, and then I decided that I wanted to move away from home and move back to Virginia because I had so many close friends there. Yeah. So what had happened is uh, my friend VJ, still close to this day, I love him. Um, his mom said that I could move in with them. So come, I think it was like October at this time. After I had started school my junior year in South Carolina, but I had transferred and moved up to Virginia again in like October. And I was living with um, my friend VJ. Um, and he wanted to get into music too. So it was perfect. So I was introducing him to music while I was still making good music. And that's when I made... Um, I think I made Give It A Try before. So Give It A Try was a song that like went crazy right off the rip. Um, I made it back when I got home from Virginia, probably like August. I dropped it in September right before I went to Virginia. And it just started going fucking crazy. Um, I'd say I had like 20K in like a month. So it was going up gradually from the algorithm again. So I hit the algorithm and then... Me and this kid VJ were just grinding. Uh, I was still talking to Fazo and them. And uh, my friend Bryant, so I had known this kid in like middle school, but he had moved away in eighth grade. And I, me and me and Bryant just got really close. He, he, uh, funny story actually. So the first time I met up with him again after not seeing him for like three years, he, uh, he starts blasting. He, he rolls up to the, to like where I'm at. And he's blasting No Friends by me and Fazo because <laughs> that was a song that Fazo had dropped. And he just told me how much he liked my music and he saw the potential. And Bryant, to this day, is like the, the biggest, per- my biggest supporter and like the person that I really go for advice and, and all that. Me and him are like best friends. That, that's, that's my day one. Like that's, that's my best friend. Um, so we had this little group of people. It was me, VJ. Um, this kid Davion and we were just cooling it all the time, having fun, you know, doing high school shit. Um, I wasn't really focusing on school as much. It was really like, to be honest, it was like partying and, and making music. Uh, yeah. since it, it, it was still online school. So right. like, I was just like making music during, uh, during class. And this kid's mom was going to get, got pissed every time <laughs> she's like, Nick, Nick, are you in class? <laughs> i mean really? i was in she class got, but... she got pissed directly at you somebody else's mom yeah i mean me and her had that relationship where she was really like a second mom to me oh really um, yeah yeah we were really close she's the one of the coolest people i know um so yeah we were i, I was doing that in class making all this music but this is really where i feel like i improved because i had people around me telling me what they didn't like and what they liked this was really the first time where I had that. Um, 
like in person because it's way different. Right. And like my friends would watch me record and like they were just like, I don't know. My friend Bryant was always like crazy about it. He's like, you're so talented. Like the fact that you can do this so often. Um, And then I dropped December hits and I dropped this song called Signs that also went crazy. It was similar to Give It A Try. Um, so it was kind of still like that emo rap sound, but I was kind of mixing like the punch-ins that I had learned because the difference between like the underground rap and like the mainstream rap is like a lot of kids will do this thing called punching in where um, they'll do like one bar at a time. Um, so there's really like, it's rap. I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's just a different style of rapping. So I was mixing that with um, just like what I had known before. And I was really making like a little sound, but I was straying away from what I wanted to, to do. I'd say there was a time where I thought I was a rapper um when really like come to find out like i'm not a rapper at all well i mean that's part of exploring your sound too i mean it's just it takes a while to really figure out where that is from what i understand exactly and i appreciate boyvin so much because he was the one to tell me like bro you're not a rapper you fucking suck at rapping you need to just sing <laughs> you just like, tell you like just like that too like bluntly i mean he was like dude you're not a rapper like stop doing that like uh, sing do melodies like he he was one of the people that really developed my sound mm-hmm. helped helped me in the process. And I, and I wouldn't even say like I found it, but I definitely feel like I, I'm close to getting it. Like I'm, I'm close to finding exactly where I, I lie. Yeah. And it's helpful to have that like feedback loop too, like, especially so, so you don't have to just continuously figure it out on your own and listen back to things and come to that conclusion yourself because you have a, a higher perception of where you are probably always than other people do. Mm-hmm. So it's really helpful to have, honest people in your corner like that yeah so what are we at we're at december yeah i think so and you said you just released yeah so this is um december 2020 Mm. so then the new year hits and i'm still taking music serious i'm still dropping like every two weeks and then come april i think april 2021 um my friend's mom and his dad got divorced and they ended up moving and I wasn't able to stay with them. So I had to move back to Virginia in, uh, in April of 2021. And so I was by myself again and I started cooking up like seven songs a day because wow. um, I was still in online school. That's when I really went like hard, hard. And um, yeah, so I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but January of 2021 or February or something like that is when I dropped company. Um, that was really like a big one. That was, that was a really good song. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, then going in like April, I started on this like hyper pop wave. I found hyper pop. I found like glaive and Midwest and all of them. And, um, I fell in love with the sound. So me and Boybin created like this alternate kind of sound that was mine. It was like electronic shit with like Kanye drums instead of like the hyper pop distorted 808s. So that's where the infinite EP came in. Um, I was just cooking that at home and I'm really proud of that work, even though it's only three songs. Like I, I feel like that's some of the most creative music I've ever made. And me and Boybin, like we're still online all the time on discord because he's in Sweden and it, it got hard because he was like six hours ahead. So yeah. like his, his sleep schedule was really messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, then I think June, I met uh, my second manager, whose name is Jake. Um, me and uh, me and my first manager parted ways because he wasn't able to do as much as I wanted him to, because he also had a music job and he was doing other stuff. And also, like at that point in my career, I don't, I don't even think I, I, I was not ready for a manager at all. I think he just saw potential and he wanted to run with it. But um, I, I was definitely not ready for one. Um, yeah. And then June comes, I meet um, my second manager, whose name is Jake, and he connected me with Killbunk. Yeah, um, I, I heard one of the, the one song with that you had with him. That was really good. Yeah, so he gave me the Killbunk feature and he's like, let's drop this under my management company, which is less, I think it's, less talk is not it's not talk less i always get that confused yeah i think it's less talk music or something like that yeah so me and him were really cool um i mean that song just went crazy off the rip um it got like 10k plays in like a week from from discover weekly and that was that was a song that went crazy but um so i made the song with killbunk and then I didn't drop it right away. I ended up dropping this song called Out to Dry, which was like a hyper pop song because I was on the hyper pop wave. And somehow Promoting Sounds found it, which is like, I don't know if you know who Promoting Sounds is. I've, I've seen their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this huge YouTube network <coughs> and they post underrated musicians and I got posted on there. And then Out to Dry just went like crazy it got like 60,000 streams or no 60,000 plays on YouTube and then like 50k streams in like the first month on Spotify and that went crazy and then the next song I dropped was the one with Killbunk and that ended up getting posted on there as well so I was building the momentum slowly um but like it wasn't guaranteed at all times like I don't know. It was really scary in that part of my career. Cause I was like, if I don't get posted on there, my music's not going to do well. Cause I, I hadn't, yeah. I, I didn't have the fan base yet. Um, shoot. I mean, so summer I was just dropping music. I didn't end. I ended up not getting posted on there after the song with Killbunk, but um, I was still working with my manager, Jake, and we were doing some cool stuff. Uh, I was going to have a show with the holiday in oh, July. Wow. Yeah, so July, I was going to have a show with The Holiday, but um, one of the artists couldn't get his visas, his visa from uh, to come to the USA from Canada. So mm. that, that show ended up getting canceled. And um, yeah, it, it didn't end up happening. And then like a month later, um, he, he kind of like, we stopped working as much because he, w- he was busy with his other artist, um, Zora. He has like 35k Instagram followers and he he he's doing big shit. But yeah, he ended up getting like a, another manager and partnered with them and then he was just too busy. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So like <clears throat> August just dropping music every 2 weeks. And during this time like I was dropping music every 2 weeks. I was trying to stay consistent as possible, building up kind slowly. of that rust strategy there. Yeah, slowly and slowly, but really the only thing that was popping off is is SoundCloud soundcloud was popping off i was doing like 10k every song um september just dropping music and then october hits and i was really like trying to get into the music business because at that point i had nobody that was really in the music business so i started reaching out to these people on twitter 
um, just following a bunch of like these A&Rs and stuff. And I ended up following my manager, who's still my manager. Um, his name's Jerry. He was working at, um, at Interscope. And he saw my snippet for Fall Apart um, that I made with Prentice, which was mm-hmm. like, this was in October. This was way before I dropped it. I dropped the snippet on Twitter and he saw that and he reached out to me. And we got on a call that same day and we talked for like four hours. And um, right away, like I told him I needed a manager. And if he was down to do that, like, like, let's do it. And at first he was like, I don't know. I don't really have time to manage you. And then shit happened with his label. And probably a month later, he, he was like, let's do it. I'm going to be your manager. We're going to get this shit done. And so I was probably at like maybe like 2K monthly listeners because I had fallen down. I'd had like peaks. I, I just wasn't consistent. Like it wasn't, you know, it was like I would go up and then go down. The fan base wasn't there yet. Yeah. So me and him just started working. He started introducing me to people. He, he started using all of the connections that he had already. And we'd just been building for like a year. Um, I dropped Worth Fighting For in November. And that one didn't really go too crazy at first. Um, I knew the song was really good. That's, that's one of my top stream songs right now. But um, it didn't really pop off at first. But um, so just keep dropping music with him. He's using his industry connects to try to get me as much push as I can. Um, at this time, I was posting on TikTok a little bit, but um, I didn't really know how to promote. Um, I, ha- I had no idea how to promote on TikTok. I had no strategy. It, it was I was making shitty content. Yeah. Um, and December... And then me and my manager had decided, or he had gotten me this, this deal with Sparta or not really a deal, but it was, um, it's a distribution company under 300 entertainment, which is a major label. Um, I think they just, I think they're in, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I think they're with Warner now, but at the time they were independent. They're known as like one of the biggest independent rap labels. Yeah. Um, Young Thug and all of, all of YSL is under them. So yeah, we, they had started this new distribution company, which is like made for independent artists. And they, they had way more push than DistroKid. So I, I started on the, the platform probably in like the end of December. And then we decided that we were going to drop fall apart. We had ho- held on to that song for probably like three months. Cause originally it was going to be Prentice's song. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was going to be dropped under cinematic. But um, he he didn't really have the time to release it and we couldn't figure it out. So I asked him if I could have the song and he said, yeah. Um, so I dropped the song probably like the first week of January and immediately it just went fucking stupid. It got on New Music Friday. It got 50K plays in, in like two days. Um, yeah. And then it got on Varsity Bars, another editorial playlist. Um, and then I started getting noticed. I got a bunch of buzz from these articles. I got a lyrical lemonade write up, um, a sheesh media article write up, which is pretty big music industry blog. A lot of ANRs um follow them. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of people started reaching out and a lot of people started seeing the vision because before Fall Apart, my manager would send these people my music and they're just like, Yeah, it's cool, but it's nothing special. 
Yeah. Like they didn't see the vision at all. And um until after... a bunch of traction starts coming your way. And then all of a sudden, yeah, until I have a song with Prentice and then they see that I'm actually gonna do something. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was one of the first songs where I like I, I it was original too. I think that's one of the reasons why people started seeing the vision and seeing what I could do. Um so January fall apart dropped it went fucking stupid I, I i gained like probably like 500 followers um my fan base definitely grew a lot from that song um and i appreciate prentice for even giving me the feature because he didn't even have to do that um but it's crazy because you know i met him from that discord and back in march of 2020 and he had yeah. gone up and he had he had done all this crazy shit meanwhile while i'm just dropping my music consistently and um yeah so he start he was going up i think he was at like 70 60k followers when fall apart dropped um he had a lot of industry buzz too so i think that's one of the reasons why um i started to get noticed and then february me and my manager are still working oh shoot i forgot to mention this um so before before fall apart dropped my manager flew me out to new york and me and him went to New York. This was my first time traveling for music. And I got to meet Boybin and all of my friends that I had known on Discord for a year and a half in person. Wow. So I met my friend Pharrell. I met Rayusi. I met um, Ryan. I, I met everybody um, except Fazo. I still haven't met him in person. Um, but yeah, like meanwhile, while this is all happening. Oh, shoot. I missed a big part. <laughs> um, Basically, like there was this collective named 1500 that had started um, probably like d- d- January of 2021. So this was like a whole year before I- I- I've been talking. So the timeline's kind of messed up. I messed it up a little bit, but we're oh, good. Oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. I mean- um, so they started this thing called 1500 and me and Boyman were in it for a short period of time. And then Santana started going up. He got a little tech of cosign. And all that shit went up. He dropped antisocial. And basically, he just got like, <sighs> he was so busy to the point where like, he was just talking to like Slump and Fazo. And I was making different kind of music. So shit just didn't really work out with 1500. Um, mm. So we, we parted ways. Me and Boyman went our separate ways. I was still talking to Fazo and all of them. But um, yeah. Those three people, Santana, Chulo, and Fazo, were the ones that like stayed in 1500 and they went up a lot during this period of time between the Jan- January or February of 2021 to uh to like January of 2022. Um, and I had just I hadn't gone up as much as them because I was making different kind of music, it, it wasn't the ideal fan base, um, that I needed. Otherwise, I think I would have probably went up with them. But it was just a different type of fan base that I needed to grow myself. Yeah, um, and you gotta you gotta stay true to what you're trying to make too. Like regardless of how much you know mm-hmm. how you could get doing something else that's inauthentic. So I think that's I think it's fine that you didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think it definitely worked out in the long run. Um, so yeah, I I'd flown out to New York my first time traveling for music. I met Boybin in person all the way from Sweden. He flew in. And he stayed with uh, my friend Rayusi, and I was only with them for like two days, 
but it was just crazy. Like meeting those people in person for the first time, it was really eye-opening um, seeing what, what the internet can do. Cause that was yeah. my first time ever meeting people from the internet. I've been talking to people on the internet for like my whole life, but that was right. my first time linking with people. That's um, wild, man. So January hits, I drop fall apart. It gets on new music Friday. And this producer named Arye reaches out to me who, uh, who's pretty big in the music industry. He produced blast off by juice world and trippy red. Okay. Um, and that's platinum now, but, um, he was he was signed to Diplo as an EDM producer for a long time. Um, he's been in the industry for like 10 years. So he he DMs me and he's like, yo, are you in L.A.? Like, let's work. And I, I didn't I wasn't in L.A. I'd never been to L.A. And my manager and I, you know, th- this was a great opportunity to, like, get connected in the music industry because R.E.A. had more connections than Jury at the time, which mm-hmm. is my manager. And so my manager books me a flight to LA cause he lives in LA. Um, he book, he books a flight for one week just to work with this guy, Arye. Wow. And then me and Arye start, this is February. Um, I had dropped two songs, can't come back and overrated, which, you know, they did all right, but they weren't doing crazy. Um, so yeah, and at this time I was like still trying to figure out how to promote on TikTok. And me and my manager, so I get to LA. Um, and me and my manager just were talking, and he really showed like he shows me how to promote on TikTok the right way, especially for not having like you know any resources because I'm just at home all the time doing nothing. So I gotta figure out a way. He taught right. me the way that I should promote considering I have no resources. So, you know, I'm, I'm still making TikToks and me and this guy, Arye are just working straight for a week. Um, we had a couple writers come in that he knew, um, but none of them were really clicking. And then I say like the third day he brought this writer in named crash. He's one of the most talented people I know now, but um, me and him just clicked right off the bat. Um, and we made, we were making like some Lady Gaga type pop shit at first. Um, I was just trying to experiment with different stuff. And then so so the first day with this writer crash, you know, it, it went well. Like me and him clicked off the bat, but nothing like really crazy happened. And then the next day, um, he he's at Arya's house first. Um, and he just like comes up with this crazy ass hook. And we're like, I, I wasn't even there, but um from what i know like Arya was just playing the guitar and he comes up with this crazy hook and they record it and i get i get to Arya's house and he shows me and i'm like damn this is fucking crazy like this is insane and that song is now known as say you will so oh he, wow yeah so he wrote the hook for say you will and then i did melody takes on the on the verse and all, all the other stuff and me and him just like we put that song together because we only had a hook and it turned out crazy. And that's when I knew like, these guys are the guys that I need to be working with that are going to take me to the next level. Cause they've already been in the industry for 10 years. They've been doing this shit for way longer. And, um, Arya and crash have really been mentoring me and they've been introducing me to people. Um, yeah. So we made say you will that day. And, um, at this time, like Crash is really showing me how to write lyrics because he's an insane lyricist. Like, 
I'd say before this LA trip in February, uh, as far as lyrics, like I didn't really care a lot about them. I was like, you know, it's whatever rhymes. It's whatever, like it's whatever sounds good to my ear, but I wasn't really making shit that made like sense entirely. I I was doing shit that was relatable, but it could have been better. Yeah. And he really, even in this one day, like I kind of learned like how music should be made. Um, They taught me that like, you know, you shouldn't go off of like a formula. Like you need to go off of your ear. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, like with say you will like the post, like the little, um, I, I don't even know. It's like a group group vocals, like say you will. Like that part, like I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this? This isn't a hook. They introduced me to what's called a post course. <laughs> I didn't know what a post course was. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So technically the say you will part and that that's, that's the post course. And then the, the chorus is right before that. Um, and then they like, they were like adding bars that weren't supposed to be there. It was just like a, an eye opening experience. And so we made say you will. And then the next day, um we're just like let's do some guitar shit again and we made some nights the day after oh wild so that leads us up to right now then nah nah this is still in february i made some yeah oh okay that's just your releases then yeah yeah so i've been delaying like i've been trying to um spread out the releases a little bit more um and get like a, a proper plan in place and i think that's really why i started to you know go up how i did so then the day after we made some nights, um, my manager extended my trip for another week because he saw like what, what we did in, in like literally like seven days. So we extended the trip. And then the day, the day after I extended my trip, I go back to Arya's and Crash can't be there for that day. So Arya's just like, hey, I got some demos. Um, if you like any of these, like you should record on them and take them as your song and the f- uh, he played like a couple demos before and i wasn't really fucking with them and then he played this one called tired of giving a fuck mm-hmm. and immediately when i heard when i heard that shit i was like i would sound insane on this and this song is a hit so i actually didn't really write any of tired of giving a fuck i i, I changed some words but like it, it was really all there when I started recording on it. Um, so we fit it to my voice and we did tired of giving a fuck. Um, and we made some crazy ass shit the rest of the week with crash. Um, some insane stuff that's going to come out. Um, hopefully it's going to come out. Um, so I get back to my house and I get back to my house in South Carolina and I was just like making TikToks. I was like, all right, well, I got the music now. I got to blow it up. So me and my manager were just working day in and day out, um, trying to figure out what's going to go viral on TikTok, what's going to do well, how am I going to grow a fan base? And we strategized a little bit and I'm posting, tired of giving a fuck and everybody's loving it. But then it's probably like, (coughs) I wasn't, (coughs) my bad. (coughs) Um, I wasn't expecting anything of these TikToks. I was like, hopefully I'll grow some fan, like a fan base. Hopefully it works. And then I post this one TikTok. It was an edit. Um, and I put the caption as 
I paid Aiden Ross a thousand dollars to listen to my song. <laughs> and it was just like an edit, like it was a troll. Right. And immediately it got like 20k likes in the first hour. And then it just kept going up. And I was like, what the fuck? We need to drop this song. And I started a trend. I was the first one to really do the reaction videos. Like you see all these people on TikTok now making fake reaction videos. I'm the one who started that. That's wild. Yeah. So I had started that and it got like 50K likes and a bunch of pre-saves. And we dropped the song probably like three days after it blows up. Um, and the algorithm picked it up right away. Like everybody was just fucking with it. It got like 10K plays the first day. Um, and then the algorithm just picked it up. And <clears throat> it just, that was the first time I really saw like virality um, and what it can do. Um, that's incredible so we're tired of giving a fuck Um, so some nights was getting ready after uh, Arye was like finishing some nights and making sure everything was perfected but I had to drop something so after tired of giving a fuck it went like stupid crazy I got a bunch of buzz I got another lyrical lemonade article I'm pretty sure and um, that was when really like you know a a ton of people started reaching out and and you know, introducing themselves to me, a lot of, a lot of people. Um, and I, I probably gained like <clears throat> 500 followers again. Wow. Um, so at that point I realized how important TikTok is. And I started posting three times a day, every single day. Um, and I'm, I get something money can't buy, which is the next song after tired of giving a fuck. I get that ready. And basically I start promoting it on TikTok and one thing led to another. And what do you know? It goes viral again. I go viral again the next mm-hmm. month with the next song. Um, and that release went crazy as well. Um, it didn't stream as well, but I, I definitely think it, it gained me a lot of new supporters and a lot of new fans. Um, so people were just discovering me and, and all of that. And then... Next month after that, that's when say you, my bad. I meant to say that say you will was getting ready, not some nights. Mm-hmm. Um, so say you will was getting ready, and I drop it. Pro, I th- I th- wait, what? I think I dropped something money can't buy in April or or May or something. I think it was May, yeah. Because tired of giving a fuck, dropped in April. Then I dropped something money can't buy in May, and then June comes around. I'm still making TikToks every day. And then Say You Will drops. And immediately, like, it didn't didn't do too well. And then I started making TikToks and getting some buzz around it. Probably made, like, 40 videos. And one of them just, like, pops off. It gets fucking, um, like, 2 mil views, like, 200K likes. And it just goes, like, stupid. And that that song just went crazy. And um, which video you, was this? This was the Kid Leroy video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah. uh, was that also my a sub- troll or did you did you really? Yeah, like, re- yeah, yeah. So all the the reason why I do the trolling shit is because I don't have a lot of resources. And right. that's and how I get people's attention. Yeah. So like eventually in the future, like I'm not going to do that shit because I, I think like if I keep doing that shit, it's go- It's going to burn connections and it's going to get stale, too. It'll probably like not be a trend anymore. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, 
Yeah, drop say you will, it goes crazy. And then my manager was like, um, posted on Instagram Reels. And I was like, what? And I posted on Instagram Reels and it, it didn't do anything at first. It got like 100 views on Instagram Reels. Um, mm-hmm. And then this is last month. So I dropped Say You Will in June. And then July comes around and I'm in Virginia again. So I visited Virginia before all my friends went to college. And um, randomly, like I just start getting hella notifications on Instagram. And one thing led to another. And now it's at like 5 mil views on Instagram reels. I gained like 2,000, no, no, no. Probably like 1,500 followers, 1,600 followers from that one post alone. And then the song kept going up. And then shoot, some nights is ready at that point. Um, and also, um, my friend Arya, the producer, he introduced me to this engineer that I started working with, um, whose name is Brian. Shout out Brian. Um, he, he's a great engineer. He's done a lot of stuff in movies, but he engineered Say You Will, and he's going to do the rest of my stuff from now on. So everything is going to sound crystal clear for sure. Um, so yeah, <coughs> he, uh, he engineered Say You Will, and then I dropped. So coming up this month after Say You Will goes viral on Instagram Reels, I'm still posting on TikTok, and I dropped Some Nights, which was the beginning of this month. And the algorithm's starting to pick it up now, so I think it's going to go crazy. Um, I've been posting a lot of TikToks on it, and um, yeah, that's really like the whole story from the beginning. That's dude, that's amazing. And look at look at you now, like organically you've got like thousands of listeners so tens of thousands of listeners. oh yeah that's one thing that happened in july from the instagram reels um what because it hit instagram reels so hard and everybody started coming to my spotify profile i doubled my my numbers in the month of july wow i didn't even realize that that's really that's that's insane yeah so i actually got up to 40 or 50k monthly listeners in july Ooh. yeah the algorithm just started like dude it it, it was insane um, but you know, I took a while to drop, so it started going down a little bit, but now it's going back up again. Um, since I just dropped. And so like what I, what I'm hearing here is, you know, getting organic, um, listeners as an independent artist, you gotta, you gotta really utilize TikTok. TikTok and being consistent for sure. Um, if anybody is watching this, I just want you to know that there's been zero money put into promotion for the most part to wow. this point. There's been zero money. I've gotten everything organically just from dropping consistently and making good music. And so like those would just be your tips, just focus on the music, be consistent, and then use those like viral platforms like TikTok and Instagram Reels. Yeah, definitely learn how to promote and make short form content. That changed my whole career trajectory. That's awesome. And you said like the, the some of the best music you ever made was that Infinite EP, like some of the most creative stuff. Yeah, that was definitely my my favorite music. And um I'm I'm getting I'm getting back into making creative music. I got this song dropping next month called Falling and it's like this mix of like pop and and dark EDM like it's really using Arya's influence as an EDM producer. And Ooh, there's a lot awesome. of Ka- there's a lot of Kanye influence in it too. And it's a it's a crazy song. I'm hyped to see what it does because I haven't dropped something like this that's like different in a long time. So I, I'm curious to see how people are going to react. Absolutely. And how, what, when do you think we can expect uh, an album? 
Shoot. Um, as far as the album goes, I'm trying to get before I drop an album, I really want to make sure that it does well. So I'm trying to get like some kind of distribution deal or, or some kind of, you know, budget put into place before I drop an album to make sure that it succeeds to the way I want it to. I see. I see. That, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So so right now, I'd say the plan is just singles every month and um, and SoundCloud exclusives in between the singles. So I'm still dropping consistently. And then once you're like really set there and you have that deal, then a project can come out of that. Yeah. Then then my supporters are really going to see my creative side. They're going to see a whole different type of they're going to see something completely different that they've never seen before. I believe it, too. I'm looking forward to it, bro. Uh, what's yeah, your man. what's kind of like your dream collaboration <laughs> and what do you kind of want to accomplish in music long term? Like what kind of accolades do you see yourself getting in like five, ten years? So my dream collaboration um, is Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber is my biggest influence and The Weeknd, The Weeknd and Justin Bieber and the Kid Leroy. But I've strayed away a little bit from Kid Leroy. Um, but yeah, yeah, just Justin Bieber is the dream collaboration. And as far as like, you know, what I want to do in music, I just. I really want to inspire the kids of America and, and the whole world, to be honest. Like, I just want to have an impact on people in the music industry. You know, I want to be known forever. I don't want to be forgotten. Absolutely. Creating a legacy over just super, like blowing up super quickly and falling off, everyone forgetting. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have so many plans for the future. Like, it's it's definitely once i get there like there's a lot of stuff that's going to be put into place to make sure that i'm going to be there and you're laying the bricks like you're building that solid foundation so then once that foundation's there it's it's going to be it's going to be up from there man i'm trying my hardest dude it's going it's doing amazing right now and also like you genuinely make really good music too like i'm not just i'm not just meat writing because you're on here i wouldn't have even reached out if i thought it was trash like Honestly, like if, if you guys haven't heard of him, if you guys haven't heard his music, like absolutely go stream Nicholas Mick, all platforms, like check him out. If you guys like the Kid Leroy, Post Malone, Justin Bieber, Juice World, anything like that, definitely go check him out. And so like, where can people follow you on social media? So it's at Nicholas Mick with two K's on everything except TikTok. So TikTok it's at period Nicholas Mick with one K. And then everywhere else, it's Nicholas Mick with two Ks. Yeah. I'll make sure to link all your socials in the transcription below, too. So if anybody needs those, you can go find them in the transcription of this podcast. And so my final question for you, by the way, thank you for your time and thank you for being here. I really appreciate, you know, just the amount that you elaborated to. It really makes for great content and just sharing your time with me. Yeah, 100 percent. Thank you for having me. Of course. So as you know, my podcast is called Cutting Edge, and I ask this at the end of every interview, what makes you cutting edge? And basically what I'm asking there is like kind of what makes you different than the hundreds of thousands or like millions of artists there are out there? My voice. Your voice, vocals? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well said, bro. And everybody, you know, go stream Nicholas Mick, all platforms. Like I said, go follow him. I've got, I've got all the socials below. And yeah, man. Thank, thank you again for joining me. Thank you. Yeah, have a good one, bro. Hey, guys. For those of you who made it this far, I wanted to thank you again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. 
Nicholas is truly extremely talented, and the fact that he's doing this all organically at just 18 years old is just crazy. So please go check him out. I've got all of his socials linked below. And if you want to follow this podcast, you can listen to it on all platforms uh, eventually. We have it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music for right now. Our Instagram is at CuttingEdgeIG. That's at C-U-T-T-I-N-G-E-D-G-E-I-G. If you want to follow me personally, I'm going to be at Landon underscore Sturdivant. That's at L-A-N-D-O-N underscore S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T. And my email is LTSturdivant at Yahoo.com. That's L-T-S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T at Yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I will see you on the next one.